a reading from John. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditations from my heart be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Good evening. Good evening. April 29th is the feast day of Catherine of Siena. She was born in 1347 and died around 1380. She was a witness to the papal schism when for a brief time there was both a French and a Roman pope. Our readings tonight are primarily from those recommended for her feast day. Catherine was a daughter of a wealthy dyer of Siena. You're probably familiar with the color. It's a reddish brown. Catherine was a layperson of the third order of Dominicus. The first order is a friar, the second order were nuns, and the third order were laypersons. She was a nurse, caring for patients with leprosy and advanced cancer. She was also a voice calling for a reunification of the papacy. Sienna is a dye and a pigment. I want you to look at the icons back here. They adorn our altar and our pulpit. These icons start out as simple slabs of wood. They're cut to a prescribed size. Then the slabs are prayerfully and lovingly sanded to a smooth surface. Once smooth, they're coated with gesso. And gesso is a white viscous pigment. Several coats of gesso were applied to the board. Each coat is lovingly sanded smooth using finer and finer grit until it is a firm, smooth surface. The prepared surface is then painted with several coats of raw umber or burnt sienna, which is again sanded smooth. Once the panel is dry, it's ready for you to begin praying the icon into it. Every icon is a prayerful reproduction of the first icons. The Jesus you see on our icon, uh, right there, is for the most part, identical to the icon that used to sit in St. Catherine's Monastery. The St. Catherine's Monastery icon was painted around 400 AD. I was amazed when I walked into the room and here's this you know, 1600 year old icon just 
sitting there in an assigned chapel. Now we traced an accurate phot photographic copy of the icon onto tracing paper, then laid a white carbon paper over the prepared board and traced the outlines onto it. The darker lines of the icon are the base coat of sienna. All colors are built on top of the sienna base coat. As we pray the icon into form, Jesus begins to appear. As our prayer concludes, he stares out of the icon at you. Well, enough about icons. We've just concluded our evening prayer service, wherein we listened to the lessons and the readings from the Bible. We prayed the prayer that Jesus taught us and recited the words of our creed. Now, as soon as I finish my ramblings, we will perform a benediction wherein we venerate the Blessed Sacrament. Now, let me unpack things a bit for you. To venerate is to honor with a ritual, of act, ritual act of devotion. A benediction is an invocation of a blessing, a prayer of benediction. Veneration is the act, the doing. Benediction is the blessing, the prayer. Tonight, we're given the opportunity to sit in reverence and silence and venerate the body of Christ. What's the difference between reverence and silence? Reverence is a feeling of attitude or attitude of deep respect tinged with awe, veneration. The word reverence is the modern, in the modern day is often used in relation with religion. This is because religion often stimulates the emotion through recognition of God, the supernatural and the effable. Reverence involves a humbling of the self and respectful recognition of something perceived to be greater than the self. Thus, religion is commonly a place where reverence is felt. Silence is the absence of ambient and audible sound. The emission of sound of such low intensity they do not draw attention to themselves, unlike our fans, or the state of having ceased to produce sounds. This latter sense can be extended to apply to the cessation or absence of any form of communication, whether through speech or other medium. And this is a quote. Silence is not an absence. On the contrary, it is the manifestation of a presence, the most intense of all presences. In modern society, silence has come into disrepute. This is a symptom of serious, worrisome illness. The real question of life are posed in silence. Our blood flows through our veins without making any noise, and we can hear our heartbeats only in silence. Tonight I want to talk to you about silence. What do we do with silence? The Book of Common Prayer offers us opportunities to worship in silence several times throughout our various rites. We usually make those silences very brief because we're uncomfortable with them. Tonight in our benediction of the Blessed Sacrament, we have a chance to be silent for a protracted time and listen to what the Lord has for us. I pray you make good use of it. To some, it is uncomfortable to sit in silence. 
Twice in tonight's benediction service, we were offered several minutes to sit in silence and contemplate and pray on the Blessed Sacrament, to consider just what the sacrament is to us. We're not at all used to silence. It disturbs some. But silence can be a source of great strength. Wisdom tells us that wise men are not always silent, but they know when to be. That sounds like something Will Rogers would have said. God is the best listener. You don't need to shout nor cry out loud because he hears even the silent prayer of a sincere heart. In Job 33, 31 through 33, God says, pay attention, O Job, listen to me. Keep silent, let me speak. Then if you have anything to say, answer me. Speak, for I desire to justify you. If not, listen to me. Keep silent, and I will teach you wisdom. We're not used to silence. It sometimes disturbs us. Parents, what is or was your reaction to your toddler's silence? Right, it's panic. Oh no, I better go see what they're up to this time. I remember when the twins were toddlers. We didn't hear anything from them for a few minutes and went to see what was going on. They'd pulled a gallon of milk and a quart of blueberries out of the refrigerator and fixed themselves a little snack. Milk and blueberries covered the kitchen floor. That's what we think when we think silence. Some people revel in, reveal, yeah, revel in silence. It is comforting. No din of traffic, no shouts of children, pure blissful silence. But then there are people that know no silence. There is noise in everything. The wind whispers, the grass rattles, the electric lines hum. Some hear and can't ignore the sounds of the silence. It's essential in our walk with the Lord that we learn how to be in silence before him. We need to recognize that we need to be silent. Conversely, we need to know when silence is not a virtue. It's a shame that many remain silent when it's time to speak out against sin and evil, but are very vocal on minor slights and personal issues. As Christians, we're admonished to preach the word of God, discipline and rebuke others. Sadly, many Christians have become so worldly that they're afraid to stand up for God. They're afraid of hurting other people's feelings and would rather let them perish than tell them the truth. We need to pray for the courage to speak up for what's right and to pray for the wisdom to remain silent when we must be silent. The Bible makes it clear there are times when we are to remain silent and there are times when we are to speak up. The times when Christians are to remain silent or when we're removing ourselves from conflict, listening to instruction, and when controlling our speech. Sometimes, like Job, we must go before the Lord and stand still in his presence. Sometimes we need to be silent and get away from distractions to hear the Lord. Sometimes we must go before the Lord and stand still in his presence. Other times we need to be silent and get away from the distractions to hear the Lord. Tonight is one of those times. 
We have no cell phones to answer. We have no tablets or TVs or computers to distract us. Well, hopefully we don't. So prepare yourselves for momentarily, we're going to be given the gift of silence. Out of that silence, listen and hear the song of the Lord. Hear what he sings to you tonight. As the Lord says, keep silent and I will teach you wisdom. Like we pray to bring Jesus' image up in the icon, let us use the silence to allow God's word to come to us and become clear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.